Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome back to another episode of In Conversation with Dave Morris and Jason Geary. I'm Dave. Hi, Jason. I'm, I'm Jason. How are you, Dave? I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, so today we're doing something different, right? We're not doing a uh, we're not doing a, a question and answer thing. We're not doing a deep dive into a topic. We are just gonna improvise. Yeah, we're gonna improvise. We're gonna try to give my format Zoom, which I've talked about on the podcast ad nauseum, uh, to uh, we're gonna give it a go halfway around the world. Uh, you in one hemisphere, me in the other. Uh, sun setting with you. What am I? Yep. About seven, eight hours in front of you. Um, Oh no! Actually, actually, you're, t- you're actually like I always calculated as like seven hours behind. But yeah. tomorrow, but tomorrow, yes, but tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Your Sunday <laughs> night, my Monday afternoon here. Yeah, <laughs> you're in the future. I'm in the past. I know. And yet we can still communicate. And it is actually you, setting. The sun is setting very beautifully. I should have contacted you more to eradicate the mistakes I've made in life. Just so <laughs> you could be my, like my goalkeeper. <laughs> like, that's how it works, right? <laughs> yeah. Dave, don't go to that audition. It's not worth it. It's not worth it tomorrow. What? What are you talking about? How did you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to try and improvise and uh, we'll see how this goes. It's an interesting experience improvising with this like – um, this is the hard, like not really being able to look at each other. It's such a yes. strange, subtle thing that, that we, we've come to realize. And I have in classes too, like that you're never looking at the person. You're looking at the picture of the person or your camera, yeah. but never at each other. And it's kind of a strange experience. So, uh, we're going to try our best to make eye contact through, yes. <laughs> through the internet. It's so weird. <laughs> Give it a go. Uh, uh but. But yeah, we're going to approach it with positive spirits and our improv attitudes and see where it takes us. See where it goes. Uh, Keen for feedback too. Uh, But uh, basically, the best way to enjoy this podcast, I guess, if uh, you've got somewhere you can sit and relax to listen to this one. I know some people uh, like to podcast when they're uh, driving or uh, out and about for a walk or something like that. Um, By all means, if you want to, please do listen to it like that. But this one may be uh, enjoyed best in an audience, air quotes, environment. So get yourself somewhere comfortable, somewhere you can relax, maybe even somewhere you can close your eyes. Uh, and uh, and begin the podcast with that because uh, in the theatre yeah. uh, this uh, this format you know starts with a black empty stage so if you can uh, let us kind of talk you into that space with you sitting relaxing and closing your eyes maybe maybe it will uh, it will work for you a little better but who knows <laughs> yeah and you know what I give you full permission to right now just stop the podcast and yeah. wait until you're in a better place to listen to it and uh, if that means like right before bed you go you're laying in bed you're gonna close yeah. your eyes you're gonna put our voices on and let us with our with our wonderfully deep and distinct voices lull you into sleep <laughs> by telling you stories uh, I will not be upset if that's how you decide to listen yes to in fact I yes. think I would be very happy I to help be you happy. fall asleep with stories. Yeah. I've had uh, I have other podcasts and I've had uh, particularly a story podcast and I've had people <laughs> say you know your stories have read me to sleep over and over again and and part of me is like what and the other part of me is like ah oh, nice <laughs> yeah yeah I have uh, I have certain shows I like to fall asleep to because they're just good enough <laughs> that I can listen to them but not good enough that I have to stay up for it yeah. And they, uh, they're just good enough to spur my dreams off to being better. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, sorry, before we start, I got to confess, I've been rewatching Deep Space Nine. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, 
and uh, thinking this will be a good fall asleep show. Like I can just watch the fall asleep. Yeah. Um, but I can't. I really can't. Like I'm really... starting to fall asleep, and they're like, "The Dominion War is bad." And I'm like, "The Dominion War well, no, is the good part. I got to stay up for." It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wait for a Ferengi episode. Uh, <laughs> Ferengi sleeps. Yeah. All right. Sorry, that was a bit of a nerdy digression. Okay. Uh, let's let's get back on task. All right. So we're uh, gonna do a Zoom. And uh, how uh, do you want anything else you want to tell people about the format before we get started? Just so they know. Uh, the format normally on stage is two improvisers uh, and a drummer. Of course, we don't have a drummer here, so it'll just be us. We're debating ourselves whether we want to maybe insert some uh, sound effects and stuff into the podcast afterwards, uh, right. depending on where we go. So uh, if that happens, that'll those will be in there. So we'll uh, if if not, then we've decided not to. So. Uh, <laughs> It's future Dave has saved present Jason. <laughs> I'll cut that whole part out if you tell yeah. people about it. Um, so, yeah, just relax uh, and uh, allow your mind's eye to wander with us. Yeah, and we won't be taking any suggestion for it. We're just going to go because that's how the format works on stage as well. That's not just that a is correct. thing. Yeah. Okay. We uh, we we position the audience to say that uh, rather than getting a suggestion from me, we would like you guys to work with us to create the environments around us with your mind's eye uh, to really put the energy into seeing the locations that we're in, to hearing the sounds that we're talking about, the smell, smelling the smells. So uh, so all of your energy is focused on creating with us rather than giving us one suggestion and then sitting back. So we encourage the audience to keep on on board with us um, at the start of a show like this. Sweet. All right. Well, let's do it, and then afterwards we'll do a little uh, we'll do a little post talk. And it's always strange to talk about improv right after you've done it, but we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, right away, and give people a chance to hear our thoughts on on what we just did. Uh, yeah. So we'll see you after this is over. Or no, we won't. You'll you know what I mean. Yeah. We'll talk later. <laughs> All right, so uh, stop the podcast now if you want to uh, find a, a nice place to relax. Otherwise, sit back, close your eyes, and when you're ready, uh, we'll begin. Wherever you're sitting, standing, resting, you take a big deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And as you breathe out, you feel the tension of the day leave you. A big breath in and a big breath out. Your body starts to relax. Your shoulders start to relax. You start to feel the weight of your body as it's pressing down into your chair or into your bed. And that weight just presses you deeper and deeper Go again. and deeper. You hear the sounds of your surroundings start to fade away and the colors behind your eyes slip into darkness until you feel that pressure of the bed slip away from beneath you, the pressure of your chair dissolve beneath you. With your eyes closed, you picture the room and the walls start to slide away from you, gently and slowly. And there you are, floating in nothing, floating in darkness. You have control of your body. You lean your head forward slightly and you feel yourself rotate forward. You lean it back. Weightlessly spinning. You lean back and weightlessly, just as weightlessly, you spin back. 
We're floating. Put your hands out to the side. Tilt your fingertips and feel a gentle rotation. All the while staring into that darkness. Staring so focusedly that it almost seems like there's light somewhere in the distance. Suddenly, with an electric pop, a pinprick to your right, up a little, there, you see it, perfectly spherical, pop, pop, two more pinpricks, stars burning in the distance. Pop, 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 pop. They start appearing all around you. As you spin and rotate, you see everywhere stars, thousands of stars, millions of stars, countless numbers of perfect spherical holes in this black blanket. They burn green and orange, red and white and blue. They are all the colors of the rainbow. Gaseous clouds spread from one to the other as we become curious and lean forward. And as we lean forward, the stars come start moving toward us as we move towards them. We're flying toward these balls of fire. We zoom through the stars, colors blasting past us, spheres of rock, planets we can't identify, purple, green, gas giants, ice, planets all around us we zoom through as if we are uh, uh, behind a boat awake something is dragging us forward and we swing out left and as we reach the parabellum swing back through to the right over the wake of stars and light we feel the heat of these stars as we're bouncing and rounding them we see that we are blinded by the light of an exploding supernova that then rejoins to become more stars in the distance we fly until we start to see planets that we recognize giant planets with red a dust with uh, rings surrounding them. This is Saturn. We look and we fly past the rings, touching the rocks in the orbit. One, two, three. We skip along them like a child jumping rocks on the sand at the beach. We see Mars, a red rock floating lifelessly. We look down and it's as if it's a deserted desert or uh, uh, something from Star Wars that we've imagined in our dreams. We look up and see a cotton ball white sitting in space. As we draw closer to it, we, we recognize it as our moon. But it is not something we have seen before. It is the other side of the moon. As we draw close, we see shapes and colors that we've not seen from our position before. We see oceans that once were and mountain ranges that once divided. And as we stare more and more interested in this moon, above it, an earth rise. Like we would see a sun, we see our home world, blue 
and white over, and we see home. It What starts as a sickle rises above, and our impatient nature lifts us up to the moon, drops beneath us as we fly over the top of it to see in front of us our planet, Earth, deep blue in the midst of black. We lean into it and start moving toward it. And as we lean, we smile. And as we smile, we lean more. And as we lean more, we move faster and faster. As, and, and soon we're in a dive straight towards that familiar planet. We see in front of us a dome of fire begin. It does not hurt. In fact, it tickles. We push our hand out in front of it and watch fire dance off our fingerprints as we pierce through the atmosphere. Like a shooting star, we fly through our atmosphere that we've looked up at so many times, and we see below us clouds, white, fluffy, perfect clouds. And for the first time, we breathe air. It fills our lungs, and our lungs feel like brown paper bags as it fills we feel them pop and crackle and expand to their full length and as we exhale they shrink we see moisture on our breath it is cold up here but we see and feel warm we get closer and closer to the tops of the clouds we turn our bodies so that our feet are facing them, and as we land, we bounce. And there we we start skipping and hopping along clouds, reaching out and grabbing a handful of this white fluffiness and throwing it in the air and watching it turn to rain before our eyes. And as we feel the rain on us, we look forward and realize we have stepped off the edge of the storm front and we are dropping a mere moment of panic before we take a breath and halt our fall. There in front of the storm, roaring behind us, we see a beach and a village, a coastal community that it just has people starting to come outside after the storm has passed. We see traffic starting to uh, pile out onto the coast road as we zoom down to the red cliffs that tower off the beach. The beaches are small and many, little alcoves where sand hides itself, trying to, as if it's trying to surprise the main beach around the corner. If if we just stay quiet enough, we'll be able to surprise this beach. <laughs> we can see little docks spiking out of the land at different parts along the beach, reaching out towards that uh, unknown depth of the ocean, some with little dinghies tied up to them, some whose dinghies have escaped and gone out to see what is out beyond that horizon. There are some where children are starting to run down the beach towards the dock to dangle their feet in that freshly blue water. As we reach the beach with six docks, 
We pick the one third from the left. On the end of the dock is a small blue shack. Two dinghies tied up to the end of the pier uh, and one rope with a dinghy missing hanging off the end. Looking out as we zoom down towards the end of the pier, the house looms larger than we thought from the sky. This shack is a domain. Someone lives here. We peer in through the window and we see a homely kitchen. Uh, uh, all along the windowsill are plant con- holders with, with herbs and, and spices growing uh, as if uh, as if they uh, a little ecosystem living on the windowsill. Above uh, above the window is a is a wooden plank that has painted on it. Uh, never talk to the chef unless you want trouble. <laughs> Standing in front of the sink, angrily doing the dishes, is a man with a beard. It is greyed out from the centre of his chin down. His chops are red. Uh, and then as you get to the centre of the beard, it is grey. He has a mighty moustache sitting above that beard and he scrubs a mug that is full of uh, coffee grounds um, with his bare hands in soapy water. He's He's shirtless. And uh, his his once muscled body has begun giving way to the to the to the looseness of age. On his back is a tattoo of a bird with wings outstretched, flying upwards. Not not an eagle or a hawk, perhaps a phoenix or a firebird or some other mythical creature with a wingspan more gigantic than any other. In the talons of the bird is an anchor suggesting this man has had a lifelong relationship with the sea. Though we didn't need a tattoo to tell us that, for it was writ in the lines across his face. This man's face is like weathered leather. It is creased and firm, and the creases within it are there for good. (laughs) We see him turn his head. And if we were to follow his gaze, we'd see into a bedroom with an unmade bed. And sitting on the bed is the most beautiful dog we've ever seen. She is black and white, or is she white and black? It's hard to tell. She has a patch over one eye, uh, one ear that stands straight and one ear that flops over. When he speaks her name, Doris. The ears swap and the other ear stands tall and the ear that was standing tall flops down. (laughs) On hearing her name, she uh, pops off the bed and obediently goes towards him. She sits and looks up at him with her beautiful puppy dog eyes. She isn't a puppy by any means. She's well beyond an age where you would refer to her as a puppy. But her eyes still have that empty sadness, that that beautiful longing that you see in the eyes of a pup. He throws, he reaches across and throws down a crust of toast. On it is some honey uh, mixed with peanut butter. The dog salivates briefly and the bread barely touches the ground. 
before she scoops it up and gobbles it. He smiles at her and says, hungry, huh? He turns his gaze out the window in front of him. He looks out upon that water and over that beach, and we see in his face a shift, maybe a smile even, uh, as if he is maybe imagining what he could be doing out there. He walks to his door and opens it. He takes stock of the dinghies outside. One, two, the third, gone. A broken old rope tied to the piece of lumber at the end of the pier. He walks out and around and pulls it up. Godspeed, he says to the end of the rope. He thinks to himself that he's going to have to replace this dinghy. To most, that would be a chore, both financial uh, and of time. To him, it's an invitation. It's time for him to get back into the workshop. He unhooks the rope from the uh, end like it was never meant to be there. He looks once more at the ocean, says once again, Godspeed. This time with a giant smile on his face as he walks down the side of the house, uh, pulls a giant ring of keys from his uh, belt and he slips it into a rusty lock. It takes him some time to angle, to finagle the keys inside the lock. And we hear a click and a as the lock opens. He pushes on the door once with his wrist and then once with his shoulder to um, apply it open. Boom! It opens. And inside is nothing short of paradise. To someone who likes to build, there is a tool bench with... Uh, uh, <clears throat> sorry. There's a workbench above it hung... Every tool one could imagine seeing, hammers, screwdrivers, uh, wrenches, uh, tools that whose names I don't know or uses I can't imagine. Uh, there's a single light bulb uh, above hanging in the center of the room, which would not be needed right now because the sun is shining perfectly through all the little holes in the top of the roof. We look at the light bulb and realize it is the only thing in here that has a cord attached. Every single tool is analog. It is used by hand. This man has made everything he's ever used, touched, or owned himself. He uh, whistles, and his dog appears, just her head inside the door, this time left ear standing tall, Right ear flopped. It's time. Project time. She walks in and sits in a basket below the window. She knows it's project time. This is the time where she loses him to the work. Her gaze looks up, and we look up with her. And we see uh, hanging up near the top, almost where the, where the wall meets the ceiling, and there are two hammers, identical, one smaller than the other. 
Other than that, they are identical, hanging next to each other. We zoom in closer, and we get closer until the hammers are all that we see. We see that they are well used. In fact, there are two unique grips on them. One is uh, broader. Um, they have been uh, finger grooves have been w- worn into the handle of this. The other hammer we notice has more lithe finger grooves on it, smaller, lighter. By contrast, perhaps even half. Do you think? Uh... Do you think we're going to do anything interesting today? Well, he uh he's he's looking uh, he's looking like he's on a mission. Oh, well, I hope he uses us. I've I've been, been hanging up here getting a little bored, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, it's a big task, I mean. He's probably going to start with me. Uh <laughs> I mean, someone's got to do the the tough work around here. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm just hoping there's some fine details that might need a little more. Uh, I don't know uh, how do I say it, uh, not strength, but um, but but you know, a uh, uh, finesse perhaps, or maybe just uh, charm. Maybe that, charm. That was uh, that was Elizabeth's job. Next to these two identical hammers on the wall is a hook. With nothing hanging on it. Above it, engraved in copper, is the name Elizabeth. Yeah. That was. No one could quite, um, no one could quite, uh, 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 no one could quite do it as beautifully as she could. I'm sure he'll use you one day. I mean, he's got to, he's got to find... Some some use for you, or, or, I mean, uh, maybe I maybe I could help. Uh, you know, just just suggest something. You know, with 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 the way I hammer, maybe I'll just uh, go a little bit hard this time, so so he can, you know, he he, he needs to change. Yeah, I I, I don't want to I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a burden or anything. I don't want to I don't want to be used when I'm not necessary. You know, I just wish I just wish we, we maybe. Ooh, maybe I, I'll end up in a, in a toolbox used by some uh, some ooh, I, oh like a birdhouse builder. A lot of little nails and birdhouses, right? And, and a lot of artistry with those birdhouses. Maybe he'll he'll donate me somewhere. Maybe. Um, he's never thrown out a tool, you know that. We're gonna be here till he uh, like uh, her. I mean, you know, they. Till he's uh, gone. Yeah. And then who knows? I mean, uh, who knows? We could hang here until the, the ocean takes us or uh, or his daughter might come along and, and take you. I mean, you'd, you'd probably you'd probably be good for probably be good for her. Look, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not good company. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try. It's, it's, don't stop. It's not that. You're great company. I just... <sighs> Yeah, let's 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 not worry about it. I'm fine. Wait, he's he's coming for he's coming for me. <laughs> oh, oh, that feels good. I'm sorry. That feels. It's been a while. It's been a while. I'll be back in a bit. I'll be back in a bit. I'll 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 miss you. As the hammer is taken down 
we notice uh, some dust particles starting to rise in the air, for he has taken the sheet off his workbench uh, and dust has risen through. And uh, as the dust uh, permeates the room, uh, store dust begins to fly. The holes in the roof that the light is shining through provide downward shards uh, that pierce the entire room from ceiling to floor. One of them lands on the bronze plate, making it shine beautifully and reflect beautifully on the smaller hammer. He looks up and notices it. He pauses and we watch as he rolls his shoulders back. And from behind him, we see the muscles that are are still there, just a little sagging. But we see the strength in them. The wings of the bird on his back flutter as if they are settling. And from behind, with that perfect back and those perfect lights, we zoom out towards the door and hear a click. As a small child, maybe 13, 14, has just pressed the button on an old analog camera they're holding taking a photo of this perfect man looking so perfect in his perfect shack. Click! We follow the lens as it goes down. The, it is an analog camera. The boy does not check the photo after it's taken. He simply holds the moment, sighs out, trying not to disturb the man. As we look through the keyhole of the uh, of the door that the boy has taken the picture through, we see the man reach up for a smaller hammer. The boy turns around and walks down the pier. We follow him, zooming behind him just above his shoulder. For a 13-year-old boy, he is dressed curiously. He has a suit on. A brown suit with cream leather shoes. He has an analog camera around his neck, hanging, swinging side to side. He does not belong here. Uh, as he walks off the end of the pier, we see him walk up to a small group of people. The people look nothing like him. No one looks anything like him. The people he walks to are dressed as you would expect of people going to a beach, wearing bathing suits, carrying beach balls and baskets, picnic baskets with food in them. They look like they are just out to enjoy uh, the pier, sit maybe and get a little swim. And as he looks at them, they all freeze and stare at this strange picture with their eyebrows crinkled. He looks back at them and there is a standoff of curiosity. He doesn't quite make sense of this family, and they cannot quite make sense of this boy in a brown suit with cream shoes, and we notice now he has rectangular brown glasses. He simply lifts his camera and clumsily winds it until, click, the next frame is ready. He raises it to his eye and presses the shutter. It snaps. The snap that we heard outside the door. And that snap seems to click the family back to life. And they 
start moving again. <laughs> he turns and starts walking away. Another curiosity showdown that he has won. As we zoom past him, we leave him stopping, staring, and clicking his way up the beach. We zoom up a little higher so we can see the curvature of the beach. Down the south end, away from the six piers, there is a cliff that sticks out and around the other side a cove with a tiny beach. We zoom around the cliff face and we take a moment to pause and look at it and we see the layers of history through the earth of this cliff. It is red and brown and tan and golden in in turn. No discernible pattern, but discernible layers. As we roll down the cliff face slowly, it's like reading uh, Chinese or Japanese, a language that goes from top to bottom. We start to make sense of this journey and we find ourselves with our feet in the sand of this cove. Uh, We see... As we look along the sand, two young women face down on the sand on towels uh, with their uh, uh, bathing suits unstrapped at the back to not leave any marks on their back as they tan. Uh, From here, it looks like they could be sleeping or perhaps even dead. They have the entire beach to themselves. How they rounded the point, no one particularly knows, but here they are on the beach on two towels, one red, one yellow, both lying on their stomachs, uh, looking at each other with their head tilted to the side. We zoom in and we see around them strawberries. We see around them coconut water. We see around them sun cream. And as we get closer and closer to them and see their faces, we see that They have their eyes closed, and yet both of them seem to be smiling, as if even with their eyes closed, they can see the other person, and even only seeing them with their eyes closed, it brings them happiness. We hover nearby, and we hear them talk. That's when I said, no fucking way. Yeah, you should say no fucking way. I just said no fucking way, like right then. No fucking way. That's all you said? You just right away went to no fucking way? I just went to no fucking way. I said no fucking way. Like there was a full stop after each one. That's like going from like zero to a hundred, then to zero, then to a hundred, then from zero to a hundred, all in like a second. I know. I pumped the brakes on the whole conversation with no fucking way. You are amazing. I, someone had to say it. I mean, he was just going around from table to table, trying it on with everyone. Oh, well, and what was the line? What was it? What was the line? Was it, wait, hold on. Did he say, oh, your eyes? Oh, it was worse than that. Keep going. Keep guessing. Okay. Did he say, did he say, did he say, did anyone ever tell you that you look just like Demi Moore from that movie? I do look like Demi Moore. I know. I know that. <laughs> No, he didn't, he wouldn't even know who Demi Moore was. That's how young he was. Oh my goodness! Did he say? Did oh okay? I know what he said. He probably said one of those cheesy lines like, um, "Hey, do you want to come back to my place and do some math? Do some math? Math? Oh, math! No, he he did not bring up math. Oh, 
Well, 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 what was it? What was it? I'm dying here. I'm dying here. Did he say you look like an angel because you fell from heaven? Did he say, uh, oh, nice buns. Your dad must be a baker. What did he say? He came up and had the audacity to say, would you like a drink? The, the uh, what? The, the uh, audacity. Oh, he had yeah, the audacity yeah. to come up to me at a table with full of my peers without invitation and say, would you like a drink? Would you like a drink? Would you like a drink? Like, what is this? He thinks he's just like, just like allowed to just buy people drinks at a, like, what? Is this like a nightclub somewhere in America? I know. I just said, no, no fucking way. And you should have seen his face. Oh my God. Everyone out at my table was trying very hard not to laugh, but we were laughing. Oh gosh. Those little (laughs) kind of laughs. Oh yeah. You're adorable. You're adorable when you do those laughs. Oh, thank you. I mean, I almost had like juice come out of my nose. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 and then you said, no no fucking fucking way. way. And he's just stood there, right? He just stood there and looked at me and he said, I think you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And I, all of a sudden, just felt really bad. I felt like, I felt like I, I done, you know, I, I done something really mean. Because no one's called me beautiful. No one's called me beautiful in a while. And I just thought, I just thought he was coming on to me. And, hey, hey, and, hey, hey, hey. You're beautiful. And you don't need him to say that, okay? Well, I, when he said that, I realized that I was. You know? And I haven't felt beautiful since, you know, since, since Michael was, since the Michael thing. Hey, hey. And I shouldn't have just, I shouldn't have said no fucking way, but I said no fucking way. Like as my default, you know, I I just want to open myself up a little bit. Hey, hey, I, I think it's, I, I think it's okay. It is? Don't beat yourself up. The two can be true. He was an asshole and you're beautiful. Those are two oh. true things. Come okay. here. She she reaches out and takes her hand, and they clasp with their fingers interlaced and just hold hands, and she says one more time, you're beautiful. That was the only movement the two made the whole time we were watching them, and we leave them laying hand in hand with the sun beating down on their back. We zoom up the cliff face, up to the top, uh, again reading stories and layers, uh, this time in reverse, till we find the light shining up above. We go to the cliff top and standing there, away uh, above the beach, the beach hidden below them, we see a couple leaning on a railing that is uh, a safety railing that is runs along the entire clifftop. They are looking deep out into the ocean at the receding storm front that we stumbled off the edge of. It is getting smaller and smaller. The occasional spit of lightning uh, uh, poking out of the uh, and hitting the ocean. Uh, birds up above their heads, seagulls with that familiar screech around them. They stand there looking deep, deep out. She is leaning forward, uh, 
further forward on her elbows with her hands held together. She's wearing short jean shorts and uh, and a, a man's plaid shirt that she's tied at her uh, at her navel. And her hair is uh, uh, not in a ponytail and is let free. And you can see the gray hair sneaking in there as if she's just she's she's just in her thirties, maybe early forties, but she looks great as she stares out over that horizon. And he he leaning on the rail with one arm casually is sharing his attention between the beauty of the view and her and back to the view and back to her as if both are equal in his eye. He's nervous. We can tell she can't, but we can see it writ all over his face. He's fidgeting with his toes in the dirt. His, the tips of his sneakers have changed to the color second rung down that we noticed. It's not brown anymore. It is golden. He is a nervous man. He's trying to make conversation flow and at every hurdle it falls. <laughs> Wow, like wow, right? I mean, that's that's something. That's a uh, I've never. I, I mean, that's a that's a, that's something. It was a storm. That was a storm. Like I, I was scared. I was scared. Yeah, like whoa. Um, that that well, hmm. like that third thundercrack. It's uh, like I think I I think I went brown. Like I think I drew I drew mud. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure. I I don't, I don't, I hope it doesn't happen again. That's all. all I'm just hoping it doesn't happen again. Well, I mean, we probably, they get storms up here probably around four o'clock every day. Like it's, it's like a cycle, particularly this time of year. So you just got to, you've just got to brace yourself for them. I mean, I quite love them. I love a storm. I mean, it just, it makes me feel so small, you know, but, but, but also alive. Wow. Wow. Wow, that's that's a really nice way to put that. I um, I I remember being scared of storms when I was young. Really? What was the what's the what's the what's the worst storm you've ever like sat through? Like that you can remember? What what made you scared of storms? Well, I think uh, I, I think it's because the first um, oh. <laughs> I didn't expect to tell you this. Uh, and I was, uh, my first time I went through, I was, um, I was, I was about eight years old and, uh, I, I woke up to the storm because it was so loud. Ah. And, and the, the banging of the, the, those, those wooden window coverings that we had on our old house were, were covering the windows and, and they undid and started smacking against the house. Oh. And, and so I awoke to this large smashing sound. I thought maybe it was an earthquake or something. And I, and I heard the, the sound of rain on the roof was this constant thunder, this roar as this smashing happened. Uh, my parents came running into the room and, and grabbed me and picked me up and held me because they heard me screaming. I didn't even know I was screaming. I just thought I'd woken up, but I I, I was shouting and, and, and tears were flowing from my eyes. And it maybe is one of the most traumatic events that ever happened to me in my life. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just want I just wanted to bring up like because I, I, th- I think storms are beautiful. Um. Uh, like the, you felt safe with me, right? <laughs> oh, oh yes, cool, uh, v- very, very safe. Because I noticed you had a like 
your palms were sweaty and stuff like that. So I assume that you must have been a little, a little more scared of storms than than me. But that's okay. Like we're all scared of something. Ask me what I'm scared of. What are you, What are you scared of? Heights. <laughs> I'm freaking out right now. But <laughs> <laughs> you. The, the, even this one here, the, the cliff with the with the railing and everything, is still scary. I mean, yeah, there's like three three feet between here and the edge. I mean, look how, I mean, we can see so far, which is great. I like being able to see so far, but I want to do it from back over here. Yeah, um, wow. So um, it's okay. Wow. <laughs> it's like we chose the worst place to come. <laughs> <laughs> we should have just gone to get a milkshakes or something. <laughs> We notice him fidget with his pocket. Uh, uh, she does too. Uh, <laughs> or gone for uh, dinner or, or a movie. Or um, are you uh, okay? Just, just for are a drive. Right? Are, huh? you, are, huh? are you? Are you? Are you okay? What? Huh? What? Do I? What? Come, do I? Come over okay? here. She leaves the edge of the thing, uh, the uh, lookout, and walks across a sand path uh, that uh, has a seat, a bench, park bench. She sits, and with that, her vision lowers, the horizon lowers, the threat of the cliff lowers, and we see her tension lower somewhat. Oh, that's so much better. I mean, it's not far, but it's so much better. Come over here. What are you doing? And and, and uh, he he eventually starts walking, but very slowly. Too slowly, like he steps, and we see a look of contemplation over in his face. He's thinking about something really hard. He's breathing deeper. He takes another step, and in that next step, the look changes. No longer is it contemplation. Now it's fear. Uh, it's terror that has just taken over his face, and his his starts licking his lips as if his mouth went dry. He takes another step, and this time. Uh, uh, excitement maybe flashes across his face before it turns to fear again. And then every step is a new emotion. It's a new experience as if he's living a whole life in this walk from the railing to the bench. Douglas, I can't even, I can't even, what are you, what is up right now? You're making me nervous. And as he finally, as he finally gets to the bench, he doesn't sit. And he gets down on one knee. Oh my god, 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 oh my god. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? And now, uh, in milliseconds, emotions are flashing across his face. We see sweat on his brow. We see, uh, we see his, we can see his heart pounding in his chest as his, as his shirt sort of flickers with each beat and he reaches into his left pocket and finds nothing and then reaches into his right pocket and finds what he's looking for. And he pulls out a small box with a velvet cover. He opens it up and inside is a wooden ring. A ring perfectly made of wood, sanded down with her name engraved along the top. Lisa. <laughs> Wait, are you doing are you doing what I think? Oh my god. Oh my god. And he begins saying something that uh is a is a combination of many sentences <laughs> all happening at the same time, as if a man's whole heart was falling out of his mouth and we were listening to the to the sounds it made but somewhere in there were the words will and the word you and the word mary and the word me 
Lisa is dumbstruck. She is aware that every portion of her bodily is tingling right now, from follicle to foot. She is uh, alive with electricity. She does not need to give a second thought. She bursts out with an enormous, oh, my God, yes, and throws herself at him. She knocks him down so his back is on the path, uh, landing in the sand. She kisses him as we fly up and are met with birds circling overhead. We follow one of the birds down towards the town to a small shack outside uh, a cream-coloured house. It is a shed, uh, and we uh, the bird lands atop it. We smell chemicals. We fly down through the cracks in the walls. We see newspapers from 1930s used as insulation. And as we go into the vent, we find ourselves in a room that is dark, only lit by a red light. In it, we see our man, his cream-coloured jacket, our boy, his cream-coloured jacket hanging on the door, his hands gloved in latex, uh, swooshing a photograph, a blank piece of paper in liquid in front of him. On the wall, we see string pinned and draping itself across. On the string, there are clothes pegs, and on each of those clothes pegs are different photos, some taken recently, some taken ages ago, uh, some of uh, of. Of a, of a hubcap, one of a, of a stray cat. Uh, along the wall at the very end near the door, we see a framed glass picture. The picture's broken, and in it is a portrait of, of, uh, of Frida Carlo. On one of the pegs hanging above him, we see a photo of a bemused family looking at him curiously. And then we tilt down to see him moving the paper in the liquid. And as we do so, before our eyes appears a mighty back, a mighty back with a bird sprawled across it in its talons and ankle, and it's uh, a shard of sunlight hitting the bird right on its heart. And it is the most beautiful picture we've ever seen. We're taken aback by it. The boy, the boy lifts it out of the chemicals and smiles to himself. He takes a wooden peg and hangs it on the line next to the family. We follow these pictures, this record of this town, hubcaps, windowsills, people, beach balls, and above that we see another recent photo of a dinghy floating out in the ocean, all by itself. Off it, a broken, tethered rope. Behind it, lightning forking down. A perfect moment. We zoom up through the roof. 
through the ventilation, out and we feel the warmth of the day. The sun has been, has pushed the storm away and permeates all around it in this tiny coastal town. We hear it spring to life further as we move up and up and up. We start to see the curvature of the earth as we rise. We take our final breath of oxygen in so deep. We take a moment to feel, we take a moment to remember what we've witnessed here today. And as we exhale, we push down and shoot out, up through the atmosphere. So light blue becomes dark blue, becomes black, becomes stars. We look upwards and see the moon in front of us. The moon we recognize, the side we've looked up at so many nights, and we are hurtling towards it. And as we fly over it, we watch as the light side becomes the dark side, and we are once again flying out towards outer space. We again grab the cord and swing parabellum side to side through the stars, dipping our hands into galaxies, poking stars off into other directions until we stop dead in space. Motionless, we float, comfortable. We start to see the stars disappear one by one. They're fade into black, and we can still see a a small spot of where the star once was in our vision until that fades to black as well, and all we see is nothing. We take a deep breath in through our nose, out through our mouth, and we start to feel the world around us return, the bed, the chair. That nothing closes in on us until we feel it uh, on our eyelids, above our eyes, as it starts to uh, starts to itch as if we need to open them. We take one final deep breath and with that, open our eyes. Thanks for Zooming. Thanks for Zooming, everybody. <laughs> Let the world come rushing in. Ah, oh, okay, ah. all right, okay. Whew, that, that, was, was uh, nice. that, was a, that was a thing. That was an experience there. I'm, I've been smiling for so much. This, this yeah, time. yeah. I, I, I didn't realize every once in a while my... My self-view camera would slide in and I'd see what my face looks like. And I'm sitting there like, the stupidest smile on my face. Just listening like, oh, what? The, oh, it's the guy in the photo. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, it's the dinghy. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. All right. So uh, thank you for listening to the Zoom, everybody. And thanks for doing that, Jason. Yeah, you want to talk about it? You want to yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt, I felt like that was okay. Ooh. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 like, I like discovering small things in small worlds, even though the – the scope of Zoom is so large, mm-hmm. um, and we could have picked up and gone to a whole nother city, a whole nother town, um, uh, and then it becomes about thematically what 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 the stories are that we're that we're um, that we're doing. And I guess there's thematic, you know, it's about love and loss and connection in yeah, yeah. in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I like I think a Zoom works when there's a, a nice theme that we can weave in um, as as we start to recognize it. I felt like that one had it. So. Yeah, I mean it's it's odd doing it uh, uh, across uh, the airwaves. Yeah, my 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 thing. Well, there's two things that I think I had going on in my head during that. 
I uh, know we did a whole episode on the improviser's mind. So what was going through my mind there? Let me see if I can. So like mm-hmm. one was the the technical stuff of trying to remember to look at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes I would look above like at, at the window bar on the title for some reason. I'm like, why am I looking there? And I have to keep reminding myself to connect with you through this because it's such a strange medium for it. Uh, so that was one thing. But the other thing, I did feel a little bit of that um, apprehension about the the how far to push the format that we're playing. In. Yeah. I, I, I've only ever done a Zoom. I think it's the second time I've ever tried it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like I did feel a little like, can I – push to this spot now is now the right time to do it and i felt a lot of those questions kind of sneaking into my brain so i had to bat them down and i did i batted them down but but there were moments where i was like like almost i I don't want to say frozen of like should i now but i had it and i didn't do it and then i did it so it like took it took like an extra moment before the offer really came flying out which might not come through in the edit because i'm going to edit that to clean up some of the overlap of the Mm -hmm. because of the lag so you might not notice that but definitely i felt it yeah i mean what you'll hear is probably a little different what we've done but mainly those bits uh that we will cut out are both of us talking at the same time and then one of us going you go (laughs) (laughs) yeah because there's that lag there's that subtle little lag which which is makes makes it extra difficult to do it over. Yeah. So, yeah. so we and at no point did we stop and go. Oh, what are we doing now? The, I think the only times we stopped were those times where we spoke at exactly the same time, and then one of us said, oh, "You go, you go." And that um, and this is where this is where like for those moments it came from my I think my hesitation of like, should I do it now? No. Yeah. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then I do it, and then you've already started, and then I'm like, yeah. oh, no. Well, that's uh, as as uh, a director of the form, I guess. Uh, like the, uh, my my response to you is like, if you're thinking how far can I push it, or can I push this now? Go for yeah. it. Yeah, like and, go for and it. And I and I would, but I yeah. did think about it for a second. Like when we were in the shed with the guy when he was just in the shed there, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, I I I I zoomed us to a couple of hammers the on the hammers, wall. Yeah, yeah. To to just to like, what could we do in this room? There's probably something in here. There's a, there's tools. We'll be tools, uh, and kind of found some hammers and we went for it. Uh, that moment there was a little like, can I? Should I? Is it too soon to go to hammers? Is that too obscure of an offer? Because we've only been with this guy. Yeah. And now we're shifting to hammer. And I had all those in my head, and I was like, man, we're doing it. So let's yeah. go. Let's commit to it instead of think about it. Well, I mean, that was that lovely moment when you started talking where, uh, uh, and uh, it's those moments in improv that I love where you started talking in character. And I'm like, I, th- I think we're fucking hammers. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Like, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's good because I'm like, well, no one else is in the room. Uh, okay. Cool. Cool. And, and so, and it was that wonderful <laughs> thing where you go from, a smaller circle of expectation to having it blown up. Um, but I think it worked and, uh, and I think it worked because it, it also had bearing on the largest story. Like the, the, yeah. these hammers talking about getting used were obviously, you know, it had bearing on, on, on our guy, um, mm. uh, who loves to make and, and, and his situation. So it wasn't necessarily, uh, out of context, if you know what I mean, it was, it was yeah, still well it was, within context. It was, yeah, it was just like because I know you mentioned magical realism is a very big yeah. inspiration for the form, and I saw a moment that I was like, oh, let's be this is magical realism, let's go for it. Um, and uh, yeah, it was fun. It was definitely fun. And there was another moment like that though when we were uh, when we'd gone up the the rock face, all the different layers. Yeah, yeah. And we get to the top, and there's the couple, and uh, and I was 
describing them and then you started talking but during the description of the couple i don't know people will hear it when they listen i was kind of like what am i talking about <laughs> her hair and then she's 30 why am i making her 30 i don't but like i'm doing all like i just kind of fell through that um but then uh you started talking and i was like oh no because what you said you could have been the rock face and like one of the layers of the rock face talking to another layer of the uh, rock yeah, face. yeah and i was like oh shit are we the rock face? <laughs> so there's, there's a couple of those lines. I think I said I'm gonna. I'll listen back and I'll I'll be able to hear it where I'm talking as if I'm both. I'm the rock face. I'm like I'll just be both for a while because I I was because again because of that magical realism possibility I was left mm. with this like huh what are we yeah uh, it was funny yeah that was uh, that was fun though I really do enjoy this this sort of like just flying through stories yeah. and stuff it's really fun to like. Like like the kid in the brown suit. That was so funny when you started describing <laughs> that kid. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I loved this. I like when I was zooming out and there was a camera and it goes click. I'm like, that's cool. It's an analog camera because yeah. that's just more cause for description. I'm like, that's more fun. And then you took that offer and just ran with it. He's like this yeah. super hipster kid. <laughs> He's gone out to take photos in the storm, and now he's going back to develop them. You know, it's great. So cool. Yeah, yeah so cool. I love it. Um, yeah. So uh, we'd love feedback. How did you? Uh, how did you find um, the uh, the the form um, uh, in in audio fallback? Uh, if you have any questions about it, please please write in. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, there there it is, an audio zoom. <laughs> Very yeah, first. Thanks, thanks for checking it out, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'd love to hear the feedback. And of course, we'll have another uh, Q and A episode out uh, soon. I think, right? Yeah, Jason, we're going to do another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, next week, probably. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for checking out these things. And I hope it's been making. Uh, and honestly, I do hope it's been making your your quarantine life during this pandemic a little more joyful. And uh, just hearing us talk about improv since we haven't been able to do a festival or do any uh, things together, it's nice to, that that this is happening. And I hope it is bringing you the joy it's bringing. Yeah, and uh, also um, uh, we're planning some deep divey kind of uh, episodes Ooh, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So if you have uh, a particular uh, facet of improv that you'd like to hear us kind of deep dive on, like we did in the first few episodes um, that we didn't cover off there, send it in. Let us know. We'll see what we can put together. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going until uh, <laughs> until the world is <laughs> to normal, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> maybe even longer. Yeah, let's uh, yeah, get some guests in soon. We can we do the whole thing. Yeah, we should. Let's get some guests. Let's do an interview. Let's do an interview. Uh, yeah. Interview somebody. That'll be fun. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. While well, we brainstorm what we're going to do with this podcast, you don't need to listen to that. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, have yourself a nice, uh, nice, nice week. Thanks for listening.